I guess it'd be mighty easy if one wanted to to get discouraged these days. I uh, I don't think I've ever bordered myself <coughs> on, <coughs> on discouragement as much as I have in the last year or so. It just seems like our country is literally falling apart at the seams. They say that every civilization lasts about 200 years, and we're having our 200th birthday next year. I guess we'll be doing good to last another year. But the battle lines are drawn, and we in the 20th century in America, as sure as I'm standing here on the verge of facing what many of our forefathers faced with persecution, maybe even martyrdom. I, uh, I know that you know the battle is raging. Now, at first sight, our first uh, glance, it may seem to the casual observer that the battle is between the conservative and the liberal. But that really isn't true. The battle is not between the conservative and the liberal. It's God thereafter. And that's the title of my message tonight. It's God thereafter. No, the battle tonight is not between the fundamentalist and the modernist. Though I certainly believe there ought to be a separation between the two. The Bible is very plain when it speaks to us about our relationship with those who have churches and stand behind pulpits but do not believe the Bible is the Word of God nor Jesus the Son of God. We're not to yoke up with them or to have uh, any kind of religious fellowship with them. We're not to touch the unclean thing. We're to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. But the truth of the matter is, the battle tonight is not between the liberal and the conservative or the modernist and the fundamentalist. The battle, their battle, is against God. Karl Marx said, My goal is to dethrone God. I wish folks could realize that. It's not a matter of of which ideology control or, or is the one the majority in a country. Communism knows no coalition government and when it gets the, the, the majority in power enough to swallow up its co laborer. Communism knows no freedom of religion. You show me a communist country tonight and I'll show you a country that is not free. I have in my uh, Bible tonight an article, and uh, the title is Russia Sentences Baptist Leader. A court in Ukraine has just sentenced underground Baptist leader George Vine to five years in jail and five more in exile within the country. Now, do you know what he's guilty of? He's guilty of spreading the gospel in Russia. You think we can coexist with that kind of garbage? Never on your life. Never, never, never. Um, it says the court convinced, Vins uh, it is, of illegal religious actions arising from his effective evangelism efforts within the USSR. Effort was made by Mission Impossible to provide Brother Vins with legal counsel, but these efforts um, proved frustrating and futile. Now, that means in Soviet Russia, if a man preaches the gospel, 
of Jesus Christ teaches the Bible. He's been prisoned for five years and given five years of exile within his own country. Without, I get this, without legal defense. Now, when the communists are in the minority, they are for legal defense, legal help and aid. But when communists are in the majority, there's no legal aid whatsoever. And no one was there to defend this fellow. <clears throat> I, have a, I have in my hand a letter tonight. I want you to hear this. It's from the Christian Legal Defense and Education Fund, Incorporated. I want you to listen to this. This is what the letter says. I've not checked to see that this is, this is true, but I, but I want you to hear it, and, and, and uh, obviously it is. I quote, letter to me, Dear Dr. Hiles, I was very sad to hear Indiana has just adopted legislation directly related to children in fundamental Christian homes. A similar bill was defeated in South Carolina. Federal Guidelines, pamphlet number OHD 7420, on child abuse, Order from the Clearinghouse, National Center of Child Abuse and on Child Abuse and Neglect, Room 5837, Post Office Box 1182, Washington, D.C., 20013. As I understand, they specify, quote, either mental or emotional abuse of children to include homes who adhere to archaic theology, which believes. Now, what is this archaic theology that abuses children? Listen. <coughs> which believes <coughs> that man is depraved, Children need to be spanked, and the will of a child must be broken. Children thus can be removed from homes not only for physical abuse, but also for mental abuse, with such abuse being defined as fundamental doctrine. Now you listen to me. Did you know that in our state, if this letter be true, and I'm going to check on it, in our state that means that if they so choose, they could take every child from every home in this room tonight. That means if they so choose, and by the way, that the, the, the HEW, the welfare departments of our land, <coughs> are doing what they can <coughs> to pass laws in every state in this union, saying that spanking a child is abuse, physical abuse, and the teaching a child <clears throat> that, that he is depraved by nature and a sinner by nature is mental and emotional abuse. And uh, they're passing laws and forepassing laws that the children be taken out of the home who spank them and try to break their wills. Now, the honest truth is, ladies and gentlemen, the average person in this room tonight does not know how far this country's gone. There is a conspiracy in this nation to destroy everything concerning the fundamental religion and belief in a verbal inspiration of this book. There's a, there's a conspiracy underway tonight to destroy every vestige of that which you and I have, 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 have come to know as sacred. The very right for you to spank your child hangs in the balances tonight in the state of Indiana. I was talking to Pastor Roger Voltman last week. He met me at the airport Wednesday and wanted to discuss with me some things about the, the trial. <coughs> and uh, 
Tomorrow, his trial begins. I want you to pray for him. He told me of some of the things that, that, that have been said at the hearing. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Do you know why he's being tried? His principal spanked the child, or two children. The principal is being tried for um, salt battery. And uh, Roger Volkman is being tried for conspiracy. Now, I said, what is your conspiracy? He said, I wrote the handbook that included spanking of the children. Now, that is being defined by some attorneys as conspiracy. Do you know what the maximum penalty you can get for conspiracy like that in the state of Indiana? Fourteen years in prison. A preacher less than 50 miles from where I stand tonight will go on trial tomorrow in your state and in your area of your state will go on trial for writing a handbook that says a child or this bank in school for misbehaving. Now, we're going to sit and we're going to fiddle until America's gone if we don't get excited. Now, we are. Brother, everything that is dead... Listen, 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 listen. Do you know that if this thing goes much further, our children, these girls that sang a while ago when they get married and have their own children, they will not even be able to spank them. And no Sunday school teacher will be able to stand up and say, by nature you are a sinner, by nature a person is depraved, and he's on his way to hell without God. Those men are here this morning, friendly men. I've never known any friendlier men to come than those men were this morning from Channel 2 and CBS. Gracious men, friendly men. After I got through, I went back and, and, and gave a word of witness to every one of them. And I said, <clears throat> I have an idea your job is interesting. And uh, the head man, who was a gracious fellow, said, yes, it is. He said, I get to see so many worlds I never knew existed. And I said, is this one of them? And he grinned and said, yes, it is. I never knew anything like this world out here existed. Now, this is the way I grew up. This is our way of life. I mean, it's common to us. But do you know that the great majority of people in America tonight do not know one single thing about the way of life that believes this book? And as you know, in this nation, it's getting almost to where if you believe this book, you're a cultist. You know how you look on someone. If you saw, I don't forget the first day I saw a real live Mormon. I mean, I'd heard about him. <clears throat> I thought a Mormon was somebody a little touched in the head. <clears throat> Still think they are. But anyway, I, uh, I, uh, uh, I saw, and I saw a real live Mormon. Well, you know, folks come out here and they look at me the same way. Hey, there's a real live fundamentalist. You better know it, brother. I'm very much alive and very much a fundamentalist. And, uh, and I'm very real, too, by the way. 
and uh, our real life. Hey, there, there, there he is. There he is. There he is. We had 64 Jesus people come out today, long-haired Jesus people come out this afternoon just to get a look at that church they read about in the paper in the Tribune yesterday. I mean, they came out to see old black man Baby Vineyard over here. <coughs> now, I have... Um, let me read you. Let, let me just read you. If you read already, let me, let, me, let me read you. Let me show you what they're doing to make satire of the old-time gospel. Now, <clears throat> the men, and I'm not going to preach on this crazy paper tonight. It's not worth that much that much attention. But there was a day, by the way, from the Tribune. It's a pretty decent paper. But that day is gone. But uh, anyway, um, they came out here. I gave two hours and fifteen minutes. I gave my books. If ever anybody got treated royally, they were they, they received they were here much, much time and they were treated like kings and queens. Now they saw like the little boy we took an, for whom we took an offering last Wednesday night, little fellow what's his trouble? Has uh cerebral palsy. We took an offering for him. Now they saw that little boy. Not a word about that in this article. See. I mean they saw us with hundreds of of retarded people we're trying to take care of and give a happy life. Not a word about that in this article. They saw numbers of deaf people, hundreds of them, who would have no church to attend were it not for this church. But they did not stress that in this article. They saw the rescue mission down here where fallen men come off the streets and get a helping hand and a loving, kind handshake and food to eat and clothes to wear and shelter and place to sleep. No word about that in this article. They know, I told them, they know of people by the dozens in this room tonight who are sending poor children through Hammond Baptist grade school, Hammond Baptist high school, and sacrificing. They know that, not a word about that in this article. They saw last week a class for the blind where people give their lives in trying to be eyes to those who cannot see and, and, and get the gospel to people and help the people who cannot see. Not a word about that in this article. Now, <clears throat> why? Why? Listen to some of the satire. Praise the Lord and pass the paddle. About a dozen young men stood, stand menacingly in the aisles of the church's 5,000 seat auditorium, giving threatening glances to anyone who strays from the Reverend Vineyard's commandment. Sit up straight. Put your hands in your lap. No talking. No moving. Now, <clears throat> the truth is, that satire about propriety and decency, now they'll go to the, <clears throat> the same crowd, will go to these high school chapels, where you, uh, high school assemblies, where you cannot even speak without being shouted down and hooted down and having a bunch of long-haired freaks walk out on you, and they will not write one thing of satire about that. Now, go a step further. It says, um, but every other word to the assembled children contains a threat of spanking with a large red paddle. Every other word. That means, good, I'll spank you. Morning, I'll get you. Boys, I'll get you before it's over. And I'm going to paddle you. That's every other word. 
Uh, you see, nowadays, the newspaper reporters don't even know good English and proper grammar. And uh, it says, uh, he, co- he, he concludes his pitch, and that's, of course, improper, rude satire. They have just received a heavy dose of the stringently fundamental, amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God, heavily patriotic, and all that over again, too, and severely authoritarian brand of religion, amen, praise the Lord, they hit it right on the head. And if we had more of it, we'd have less beatniks burning down banks and destroying shopping centers and wrecking, wrecking our government and, 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 and demonstrating outside the White House and, and taking dope. And we'd, have, we'd spend our tax money on decent projects instead of having to reclaim a bunch of people who all been spanked when they were kids and all had some authority and attention when they were kids and should have learned to be patriotic. It's a tragic shame when, when our country gets the place of where the thing that made our country is condemned and ridiculed and satirized, says the Hammond Church is a leading example of a relatively new form of ministry, the bus ministry. Why, the crazy fools ought to know about Dwight Moody. He had, he had horses and chariots picking up kids and buggies, picking up kids in Chicago years ago. Um, says the Reverend Martin Marty, church historian of the University of Chicago Divinity School, <coughs> recently charged that the fundamentalist big yellow bus Sunday schools that's a lie most of ours are blue <laughs> I'm glad he's not talking about us here aren't you <clears throat> says on undercutting I'd like to undercut every dirty liberal in this whole country if I could I'd steal every member out of every liberal church in this world if I could I'd proselyte every member of a church that, 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 that sponsors this kind of a school and the liberalism. I'd love to steal them all. And, of course, there's not many to steal. Say, I wonder what he's doing right this minute. Watching TV. Exactly. Sure he is. Sure he is. Unless he's preaching a sermon to his congregation, but his wife won't listen very long. That's what he's doing right now. He's, I don't like that preaching. Brother, you just take it like it's shoveled out and you come here. We're authoritarian. If you don't like it, we'll paddle you before you leave. God pity this. Did you ever read the Billy Sunday sermon? Yeah, you whitewashed the sepulchres of the Billy Sundays and crucified the ones who are alive today. I don't believe in criticizing other Christians. I'm not. You've got to believe the Bible to be a Christian. It says that we're guilty of undercutting, raiding, exploiting, manipulating, misrepresenting, repression, I don't know whether the guilt is all this stuff or not. I can't understand all these words. <laughs> Constriction. Getting snakes in here now, isn't he? <clears throat> and other popular devices that cannot become acceptable to the rest of Christianity. <clears throat> Brother, when this church becomes acceptable to the University of Chicago... I hope the tornado comes and blows this building down. I really do. A university built on sacrificial gifts of Baptist people. I am. I'd like to, if he'd like to bet, I'd like to lay a little money. <coughs> 
on the life span of this church versus the one he attends. Brothers, not the yellow bus churches are closing down these days. It's not the yellow bus churches have for sale signs on their property. The yellow bus churches are buying their old empty buildings. <clears throat> not the yellow bus churches that are that are uh, uh, having tro- tr- trouble uh, uh, keeping the doors open. It's not the yellow bus churches don't have Wednesday night prayer meeting. It's not the yellow bus churches don't have church on Sunday night. It's not the yellow bus churches that are dying on the vine. Everybody who interviews me who comes out here asks this question. Why is your church alive and growing while the major denominations are dying? There's the answer. That's it right there. Well, I'm not going to spend too much time on this garbage, but I would like to say a word here. So it says, Dave Hiles. It says, Dave Hiles, Reverend Mr. Hiles' 21-year-old son, harps on the same theme. <clears throat> on the same theme in a Sunday sermon to 700... Uh, 700 teenagers from Chicago. <laughs> a liberal preacher came by here and he said, he said, we had 35 teenagers in our church last Sunday. I said, man, we got more than that in the restroom. Like his father's, Dave's hair is closely cropped. That means they're both getting bald-headed, that's what it means. In a style reminiscent of the 50s. <coughs> and the crazy guy wrote this, his hair looks like the roaring 20s. Do you ever see any pictures of your granddad? By the way, he might have gone on back and said the style of uh, 50s. That's 50 A.D. had the same style, too. Now, uh, why? What, what, what have they got against us? Hmm? Really, now, honestly, it, you, you had never seen a fella treat, any, uh, uh, treat anybody more courteously than I treated those fellas. Could it be they don't like me? Why doesn't know me as to love me? <clears throat> what what is it? What is it? And I can see tonight right now. <laughs> you won't believe this, but I'm in the introduction still. No joke. Um, but anyway, why? What is it? I know what it is. No, they don't dislike me. Really, I mean that. And they don't dislike us. They hate our God. They hate our God. You know why? <clears throat> they don't know it. They're just dupes of a communist, communistic philosophy. They went to some school and sat under some fella, like this nut over here that made these statements about uh, the yellow buses and so forth. And uh, they sat there and swallowed the hook, line, and sinker, what he said. And uh, they don't know it. They don't even know they're communistic in their philosophy. They're just dupes of the communist conspiracy. That's all. 
He didn't know. He did. you, if you said, you're a communist, well, he'd probably hit you. He wouldn't. Oh, he, he hates communism, he thinks, but he's, he, he, he embraces that kind of philosophy. Why? Communism, with all of its filth, is dedicated to pulling down God from his throne and taking the Bible and burning it and getting the Bible. Why? Because God is a competitor to communism. <clears throat> the communist says the state will control your life. And anything that comes between you and the state or comes above the state as far as authority over you is concerned, they hate them. And that's why they hate the Christian, they hate the home. And that's why they hate parental authority. And that's why they're going to try to take our children from our homes because we have authority over them. Now you rock it down, brother. Listen. In this room tonight, there's a young man. Pardon me, he's not a young man. He's a young yellow coward. That's what he is. And he's right here tonight. His mom tried to scold him recently and he said, I'll go see the child advocate. Young man, you are a punk and a bomb. <clears throat> now why are we... Listen, there is a young lady in this room tonight. Pardon me, a young female in this room tonight who threw a first-rate demonized fit and several times. She was taken to a hospital in this area and they gave her to a child advocate. And this young girl is not even dry behind the ears yet. She's not even uh, grown enough to obey her mom and dad. And this little premature, not full-grown, gentle little gal who was acting that night, and she's here right here tonight, probably, she went and the child advocate said to her, you don't have to go to that First Baptist Church of Hammond. That's what the report came back to me. Doesn't matter what your mom and dad says. You don't have to go. You and I are paying taxes. And that tax money is being used to employ people to tell our children we can't tell them where they go to church. And that's from hell. You say, aren't you afraid to preach like that? I'm afraid not to preach like that. I, listen, listen, I mean this. I'll take this coat off and I'll let them shoot me right through the heart. They can put me under the guillotine. They can put me in an electric chair. I am not, I will not, I shall not live in a society that rejects this Bible without fighting to the last ounce of breath I have for the right for our children to be reared like this Bible says they ought to be reared. Somebody, somebody, hundreds of somebody are going to have to cry aloud across this nation. And if we had a, a 10,000 preachers who would say exactly what I'm saying tonight, some of these crazy fools would listen to us, sit up and take notice. Now, we face some serious days. And you don't, many of you, you don't know. You, many of you won't believe it till it's too late. I can tell you that many homes, that many homes right there of people sitting in this room tonight whose children have been taken from their homes and placed in foster homes because the, because the authorities said they were spanking their children too hard. I say again, it's God they're after. I'm going to show you. It's God they're after. 
Let's take the matter of spanking children. Let's just look at the Bible. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. Let's just see the Bible. <coughs> Proverbs 13, verse 24. I want to remind you, before I read it, what this article says. I love you, says the Reverend Mr. Vineyard, but every other word to the assembled children contains the threat of a spanking. <clears throat> I love you, Mr. Vineyard said. Then they said, but every other word contains the threat of a spanking. Now what they're saying is that if you love a child, you won't threaten to spank him. God says in Proverbs 13:24, He that spareth his rod hateth his son. <clears throat> but he that loveth him chasteneth him the times. For Mr. Society says, and this author, writer, reporter says, you have to love the child and not spank him or hate him and spank him. God says, you hate him if you don't spank him. Let's go, let's go on further. Turn to Proverbs 22 and verse 15. Proverbs 22:15. 15. <clears throat> Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Drive what? Foolishness. Foolishness is found in the heart of a child. How do you get foolishness away from a child? The rod of correction. Look at Proverbs 23, 13. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod. Now, by the way, I've never one time what I would call beat one of the children, or any child. But the Lord uses the word beat. Thou shalt beat him with a rod and shall deliver his soul from hell. What does that mean? <clears throat> that means when you spank a child, you teach a child that sin is punished. That wrong doesn't end right and that wrong in the end hurts. When you don't spank the child for doing wrong, you teach that child that wrong does not smart, wrong does not hurt, and wrong does not turn out bad. That means that if a child does wrong, he's not spanked. He does wrong, he's not spanked. He does wrong, he's not spanked. That means he'll not realize he's a sinner. That means he'll not realize he's on his way to hell. That means he'll not realize that Jesus died for sinners. That means when he hears the gospel, he'll not believe the gospel, and he'll go to hell because we didn't spank him. That's what the Bible says. I dare you. I dare you to check and compare the saved people who don't spank with the unsaved people who don't spank. What did I say? Listen, I'm saying if you want your child to go to hell, I mean to die and go to hell and, and live in torment forever. You just spoil that little brat, never tan his bottom, 
and never let him know who's boss and never let him know that doing wrong is punished by, 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 by the rod and chastening. And you will be a good-for-nothing, shiftless, pulled cat who will bring reproach to you and break your heart someday. Listen, it looks like anybody will be able to tell that the dirty Dr. Spock philosophy is not working in this country. We've got more problems we can afford the taxes to correct. Let me ask you a question then. According to these verses, what does God say? God says, spank the child. God says, spank the child. Let me just read for you one other passage. The rod and reproof give wisdom. <clears throat> but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. You take these kids around this country with long, hair, shaggy hair, rebellious university students, and see him, what, they care, what they think about their moms and their dads. Broken-hearted mothers all over this nation. Poor, broken-hearted, tired fathers who toiled and labored for their lifetime to help their children go to college, have sent them off to college and wasted earnings of a lifetime. And their hearts are broken. Now, you mark it down tonight. You better listen to me. You'd better get a hold of your children while there is hope and let them know that when they do wrong, you say, well, I love them too much to spank them. God says you hate them, and you are the same crowd I'm talking about tonight. God says spank them. Spock says don't spank them. And this communist society, it is God they're after. It is God they're after. Let's take the subject of depravity of man. Let me read your passage without you turning to it because of time. You know, I read a while ago where it said that uh, we're not supposed to teach the children that are depraved. <coughs> the wicked, Psalm 58, 3, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Now, <laughs> one liberal said to me, said, now, wait a minute there, Reverend. Anytime they say Reverend, I know they're liberals. Wait a minute there, Reverend. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. A little child that can't talk can't lie. I'll bet you he never had a baby. Probably didn't. But I'll bet you he never, never, never knew a little infant. Why, a little child, the minute he's born, starts lying. Holds his breath and turns purple. Is it old mind? He says, they'll think I'm dying. I'll get in my way little rascal. He's got a little little button he pushes somewhere. It's called purple. He pushes the purple button and turns purple and down inside. He's saying, I'll get... And what to do? You just let that little little brat uh, lie there in bed for a while and, and, and see. He won't stay purple very long. He lies. He lies. Try to feed him some food they don't like. Stick it in the mouth and watch it right back up. Scrape it off and right back up. Sure. The Bible says man is depraved. The modern society says a child is not depraved and they'll take the child out of our home. The thing that makes me mad is we're, I'm paying the salary of those dirty buzzards. You say, why do you call them dirty buzzards? I always call dirty buzzards dirty buzzards.
humanism. Let's take the matter of homosexuality. <laughs> the other day, a guy called me on the phone. I returned his call. And he said, Hello, Reverend. Would you marry me? And I said, I can't marry you. I haven't even met you yet. And he had the audacity to tell me that he was going to marry another male. And he wanted me to perform a ceremony. Can you feature that? Huh? Can you feature me saying, Dearly beloved, we're gathered here in the presence of God and these simple witnesses. To unite this whatever it is to this whatever it is. And now whatever you are, will you take whatever this is to be whatever you think it is? And now whatever you are, would you take whatever this is to be whatever you think he is or it is? And now I pronounce you whatever you are and whatever you are. I mean, that's what they wanted me to do. Now let's see what God says. And by the way, you know, <clears throat> I wish we had a man in the White House. I mean, a man. I mean, I don't think Mr. Ford's a sissy. I mean that. I think he's a he-man. As far he's an athlete, played football, played golf. I think I think if he had a, a wrestling match or a boxing match with Mrs. Ford, I think he could win two out of three rounds. He's a, he's man enough not to be hoodwinked by her era foolishness. And I mean, here we are, making legal homosexual marriages. Here we are, uh, advocating and passing laws for the rights of homosexuals. Thank God for these policemen that won't ride in a, in a, in a, or in a, in a police car with, other, with, with homosexual policemen. Man, wouldn't you hate to call a cop and have him come with his purse to defend you? <clears throat> so come on, you boogers, you get out of there now. Oh, brother. God says... Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change their natural use. If that was against nature, my Bible says, God says, it is vile affection. And now we have law saying that any sexual act between two consenting adults is, is okay. It may be okay with a bunch of humanist, humanistic, communistic, socialistic heathen, but it's not okay with God Almighty. For this cause God gave them up to, 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 the, uh, to, the, to vile affection, for even they went, and likewise also the men, having leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error. God says!
God. Let me tell you tonight, if you're here tonight and we have some in this room, if you're living in homosexuality, you mark it down, God Almighty thunders out His always, His power and judgment against that kind of film, and you let this permissive society give you the right to have your own gay barber shops and your gay massage parlors and your gay prostitutes and all the rest of it, but you mark it down, there's a God in heaven that hates that kind of garbage, and God, His Sunday, will judge you for your rotten filth and wickedness. Man says it's okay. Our government says it's okay. Our universities say it's okay. God says it's all wrong. It's God they're after. Anybody, anybody who will read the verses I just read will know that God is against homosexuality. So it's God they're after. Take the matter of capital punishment. They're after God on that too. Just as plain as the nose on your face. Genesis 9, 6, Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. If you can't understand that, you need to go back to kindergarten. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man his blood <coughs> shall be shed. It's also very plain in Exodus <coughs> chapter 21. And verse 12. He that smiteth a man so that he die shall be surely put to death. I sat one night, one, one day, Sunday afternoon, in a home over here in Lansing. <clears throat> I sat in the living room with a couple who had visited our services. Their daughter was one of the seven nurses killed by Mr. Speck. Do you know, if our nation and our courts had taken that thing <clears throat> and, and followed God's plan, do you know thousands of murders would have been avoided in America? After Mr. Speck was allowed to live, when he, when, he, when he was supposed to be killed, according to the Word of God, you said, I don't believe in taking life. Well, see, once again, you're just like the other anti-God crowd. It's God you're against. And they said our daughter was killed at the hands of Mr. Speck. Let me read your verse. I haven't looked at it in a long time. I hope I can find it. I'll read your verse. It'll show you the, one of the big problems in America. Because sentence, please ask these 811, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Did you get that? Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Why do men do evil? Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. That's why. God says capital punishment is right. The permissive society says it's cruel. I'll tell you what's cruel. <laughs> it's cruel letting a bunch of lawbreakers run up and down this country not being punished so other lawbreakers can take courage in the fact that they've not been punished and it's the place now where our streets are unsafe and our girls are almost unsafe in their own front yards. 
How about the ERA? They're after God again. They're playing what God says about the ERA. They're playing. I'll read it to you. First Corinthians eleven three says, But I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Can you figure that out? Anybody figure it out and read it, that'll read it. Listen to this. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God, but the woman is the glory of the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it's a shame unto him? Did you know what? You folks, you, you, you males tonight that have long, shaggy hair, are, you don't know it, but you're dupes of a communist conspiracy to destroy this country. <clears throat> yes, you are. And you females that have slacks at home that you, that you wear out in public, you don't know it. You don't know it. But you're a part of a system. Don't you laugh when I'm preaching against sin. You're a part of a system. You have fallen prey. But you say, I feel so much better in slacks. God doesn't say you're supposed to wear what you feel better in. God tells you what to wear. God plainly tells us this one sex, one race, one religion, one government, society is getting this old world ready for the coming of the Antichrist and it's time God's people decided to be different from the pagan world. Listen, <clears throat> there's a fella in this room tonight, Chicago, Ghetto, I guess, gangland type kid. One of our young ladies out visiting on a bus route. He walked up and invited some folks to come. To, come she walked up and invited some folks to come to church. And this little kid, this boy, teenage boy, he was around and said, No, I'm not going to go. He looked at her again. She had a dress on. She was sweet and feminine. And he looked, he told me, he said, I felt like I was looking at the Virgin Mary. Now, of course, you know what his background is. But he meant that as the highest compliment he gave. He said, of course, I'll go. And that young man came to this church. And he came and was converted and baptized and now is a faithful Christian. Because he looked at one of our young ladies and saw purity and sweetness. <clears throat> decency. And don't you kid yourself, young ladies. The most vulgar-minded men as well as the best, most pure-minded men in this world like a young lady who's a young lady. <laughs> I mean, they don't want to get married and get up in the morning and go to work and find they got their wife's britches on instead of their own. You say, well, I don't see anything wrong with wearing slacks. I know, you're just the same kind of crowd. I mean, you fall and pray. And that's one of the things wrong with this Christian generation. And that is, the, 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 we have, our hair is not down to here. We just have it down to here. But you wouldn't have it down to here if the fact that you weren't willing to be different. Man alive. Young ladies, what would I do if I were you? Everywhere I went, <clears throat> I'd be as proud of my long skirt 
as a marine is of his uniform, or as a paratrooper is of his wings, or as a pilot is of his of his of his of his, of his hat. I'd walk down the street, and when they laughed at me, they you know what? They're only laughing to rationalize. The truth is, they admire you. They admire you. And you young men that have your hair closely cropped like Dr. Hiles and Dave Hiles, reminiscent of the 1950s. I might also say that decency is reminiscent of the 1950s or two. I might also say that safety, walking down the streets, reminiscent of the 1950s also. I might say that patriotism is reminiscent of the 1950s also. But you young men with paper haircuts, don't feel like some freak. Stand up straight. Wear your hair proudly. Closely cut like men ought to wear their hair. Be thankful for your heritage and thankful for how you stand and thankful for your Christian conviction and grateful that you stand for the Word of God and not with those that disbelieve and make fun of the Word of God. <clears throat> Truth is, a lot, of, a lot of folks are hungry for what I'm preaching tonight. Brother Hilton told me a while ago, what was that family? Barris. The Barris family moved to what state? Massachusetts. Now, that is the most liberal section of this nation. And he took, <coughs> got one of my tapes. Can you imagine one of my tapes? He, and he played it in his high school. Well, can you imagine this tape being played in the high school in Massachusetts? <laughs> and uh, <coughs> he played it. And uh, he said, tomorrow I'll play the other side, have a sermon on each side. And the word got around until they overflowed that classroom the next day. Why? I'll tell you why. There's not a young person in this country that doesn't hunger in his heart to hear a voice of authority. Not a one. Not a one. I don't care who they are. They might have the longest hair and be the biggest rebels, but they're hungry. And that's why they're like they are. There's nobody to put them down. There's nobody to say, this is what we're going to do. And so there's nothing left but for them to run their own lives. God says, ERA is wrong. Mr. Society says it's okay. God says capital punishment is right. Mr. Society says it's wrong. God says homosexuality is sin. Mr. Society says it's just a way of life. God says that man is depraved as soon as he's born. For Mrs. Society says, you preach that, we'll take your kids away from you. God says spanking is a proof of love. For Mrs. Society says, you either spank or you love. It is God thereafter when 60% of our teenagers, did you hear me? 60% of our teenagers have had sex relations. That's a high school poll. Says God thereafter, when, did you know they've taken some of your tax money and my money and appropriated your tax money and my money for the spreading of birth control devices to the boys in our public schools, many of our public schools? You're paying for that. You're in the, you're in the business. Your money. I mean, you go out and you work hard and you sweat and with the sweat of your brow make your money. And they're taking it and using some of your money to buy birth control devices for high school boys in this country. <clears throat> says God thereafter when nearly 60% of our high school students in America have already gotten drunk at least one time 
is God thereafter when nearly all the adults in America <coughs> drank liquor. In Proverbs 20, verse 1, it says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. Whosoever deceived thereby is not wise. Did you know in the state of Illinois just the other day they passed a law that now the school teacher may answer any question on sex asked for the students? Did you know now that a, a, student, a student has, and I saw it on television, news, and a student stands up and says, Teacher, would you explain masturbation to me? Did you know that teacher now stands up before the class and has a discussion on masturbation? Yeah, keep on sending your students to that school, moms and dads. Just keep on. Yeah, the schoolers are not all as bad as Brother Hiles says. The truth is, the schools are twice as bad as Brother Hiles says. It's God thereafter. Thereafter, this book. And, Brother, their issue is not with you and me. Their issue is with this book. They are part of a conspiracy that hates this book because this book is against their humanistic philosophy. And they don't know it, but they are tools and dupes in the hands of Karl Marx when he said, My goal is to dethrone God. <clears throat> it's sad. We copy. Now, what can we do? What can we do? Let me just give you a few practical things. In the first place, moms and dads, you better get mighty close to your kids. Mighty close to your kids. You better get to the place where your kids do they have you spank them and anybody else pat them on the back. You get close to them. And don't you ever be guilty of getting mad and in a fit of temper spanking your child. You spank them deliberately and lovingly. Tell them why you spank them. Make an ordeal out of it. And tell them you love them. When you get through spanking them, have a prayer with them. I would advise you very strongly, and I say this just advice, not uh, this is just what I believe. I would advise your moms and dads to use your hands when you spank and not anything else. See, they love to do what they did with the vineyard. Show a big paddle. They didn't show the little children saying, we love you, Brother Vineyard. They didn't show the time or tell them many times, He's taken the last dollar out of his pocket and given it to some poor family in Chicago. They didn't show that. He gives more money to people that are down and out and helps more poor people in a week than those folks do in a lifetime, a whole lifetime. They don't show that. They don't show all the money and all the help and all the toil and all the work that goes in this place. Why? It's just God they're after. They're after our God. And may I say, <clears throat> give it all you got for Christ. All you got. I'll close with this. Last Friday night, we had our high school graduation banquet for our, our, our seniors, juniors and seniors. Had over in Illinois in a big motel. Then I drove over at 10 o'clock to say a few words to the kids. I walked in, turned to the left to go down the hallway and up the stairs to where they were meeting. <clears throat> and I heard a wild party going on downstairs underneath the room where our kids were meeting. And I walked over and looked inside. Another high school was having a graduation get-together. 
liquor. Boys and girls, the age of these boys down here, and girls here, drunk. Liquor flowing like a river. A band or an orchestra won in there playing the kind of stuff that you and I would have played if we were trying to depict the way that the heathen pagan tribes of Africa have a war dance. And children that God loves as much as he loves ours in their miniskirts and the other and almost drunk giving sexual gyrations and bumping each other in the most sacred parts of the body. I just walked in, sat down at the table, and watched what's happened to my country. Sad thing about it is that's what's going on in most of the high schools across this nation tonight. My country and yours. I left that wild, heathen, pagan, godless, and by the way, that's the kind of thing that these people say is a normal American home. They don't take you out of the kids, kids out of those homes. Parents can go out and live in prostitution and they won't take their kids away. Men can come home drunk at night, two o'clock in the morning, they won't take his kids away. They're not trying to help the kids, brother. They're, it's just God they're after. <clears throat> I, I walked upstairs. <clears throat> just as different as daylight and dark. There were some nice-looking youngsters, boys with decent haircuts and girls who were dressed modestly and sweetly. They did look like angels that dropped down out of the sky. And I looked around at our kids. The first thought I had was, it is worth it. It is worth it. Is worthy. I said a few words. We talked about the Lord, sang songs about God. We could hardly hear because of the noise that was coming from down the room underneath us in that wild, sex-oriented, nearly orgy downstairs. And I left and I walked back down and peeped in again. I had just gotten this letter I read you a while ago about our state of Indiana legislature. I'd just gotten it that morning. I just talked to Roger Votland Wednesday. I walked out and I, I, I stopped to think. How many times is that picture in there, that wild party being reproduced across America tonight? And how few times that upstairs picture is being reproduced? I got in the car, crying like a baby. And I said, reckon our kids even have a chance at all. I drove away, and then I turned around and came back. Just drove a few hundred feet away. I got out of the car, went over next to the building, as close as I could get to the room where our kids were. I took off my coat and doubled up my fist 
and looked toward hell. And I said, Devil, you may get those kids up there in that room, and you may get the First Baptist Church kids, but you've dead sure got the fight of your life before you do it. And they may, the day may come when they'll take our kids away or throw me into jail. The day may come when I'll be on trial. The day may come when you'll have to say goodbye to me as I go off to penitentiary. I'll tell you one thing. From the crown of my head to the sole of my feet, I'd still rather be dead than red. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, while we still can, we've got to make all the noise we can. And while there's still freedom enough to do it, we've got to preach it. As Dr. Rice says, we got to hit the ball while we still have the bat in our hands. I pray you'd speak to our people tonight. We got some folks in this room tonight living half in, half out. We got some folks in this room tonight robbing you, not even giving you tithes and offerings. We got some folks in this room can't wait to get home so they can watch a dirty show on television. I pray you'd speak to our people. Help us to give it all. All we have. All we have. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. What are you doing for God tonight? Huh? Are you fiddling while America burns? Huh? Some of you folks tonight ought to come clean for God. Some of you are letting letting this old left wing world change you. You're copying your standards and your life and your language and your music and your hairstyle and your clothing after this old mod heathen world. I wonder while our heads are bowed tonight, <clears throat> there aren't some moms and dads who ought to say, Brother Jack, I, I'm not close enough to my kids. I'm not close enough to my kids. Maybe some moms and dads ought to say, Brother Hiles, I've been guilty of not loving my kids enough to discipline them. While our heads are bowed, I wonder who'd say tonight, Brother Hiles, somewhere, somewhere along the trail tonight, God spoke to me. Somewhere in the message, God tapped me on the shoulder and said, you ought to improve right there. Would you lift your hand, please? All over the building. All over the building. You can drop your hands. Now, if you ought to come to the altar, you do it. You need to come. It's yours. You use it. If tonight you're here and you've never received Christ as your Savior, I want you to come down the aisle. We have some men here that will talk to you at the front and show you how you can go to heaven when you die. If you've been saved but not baptized, we'll baptize you tonight before you go home. And you ought to take care of it. If you need to join this church, and I'll be honest with you, brother, a lot of you folks visiting tonight ought to get out of these pink churches you belong to. And if, and if Mr. Chicago University wants to call that uh, proselyting and and tricking, okay. Okay, but you ought to get out of those churches. 
you ought to get your kids in a church where this kind of preaching is the norm rather than something that's a freak of nature. If you need to join the church tonight, if you're saved, there's a way you can join. You come forward. Father, bless the invitation. It's yours. Bless it.